Daily Draft Report. Set your DDR to record now. Good morning, everybody. This is your Daily Draft Report. The daily dose of prospect information for the NFL Draft brought to you by Campus to Canton. Tonight's prospect is one of my absolute favorites. Arizona State running back, senior Rashad White, six foot two, 210 pounds. And I got a great guest on too, Mr. Travis May. Travis May is also a fan. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on to talk about a fantastic running back prospect. I mean, you let me choose. So it's, yeah, I appreciate that too, because uh, he's one of my favorite players in the class. And, uh, I think everyone needs to come around on, on just how good Rashad White could be. All right, recruiting profile is a little bit goofy because he did come from a JUCO. He was the in the 2020 JUCO transfer class. I guess that's how 24 sports works for, for JUCO. Said he was 56. I don't know how to read. <laughs> I don't understand that, but he came from Mount St. Antonio College in Kansas City, Missouri. That's all I know, and he was – I probably should have looked up his stats for that, but I, I know he had, he was a monster there. So and he got, he landed in Arizona State last year. He didn't get a whole lot of play. Forty two carries, four hundred twenty yards. That's a nice ten point oh average per carry. Five touchdowns, eight receptions for one hundred fifty one yards. I mean, you saw the flashes last year. This year, he finally took the reins. One hundred eighty two carries for an exact one thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns, and forty three receptions. That's what I love about this guy. He is a three down back. So I don't know. Do you have anything analytically for Rashad? His analytics are kind of weird because he was a JUCO and he is a little bit older. So I don't focus on the analytics too much with that. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime that we're talking about a JUCO prospect, we're talking about a player that has a weird arc and they're not going to have right. by our standards, like on the analytics side of things, like we're not going to count him as like an early breakout type of candidate. And, I won't really care about his dominator like his, and his percentage of uh, receptions or whatever, any, anything that we want to like, or even like his breakaway run, run percentage or anything like that, that we might take a look at analytically. Like I, I, I just don't count that. Like it's cool that Ramondre Stevenson has a 2000 yard se- a season under his belt, but it happened at Juco. So I don't really care. Uh, but what made him good and interesting at least is like how good he did in the time at Oklahoma. And with Rashad White, it's it's interesting. Um, going to the Juco route absolutely dominates at that level, obviously. He didn't have 2,000 yards, but he was just shredding it up. Shows up to Arizona State, and, uh, you know, Diamante Trainum is supposed to be this uh, freshman phenom type running back, and there's all this hype in the spring about how good he's going to be at the position. Uh, but then a couple of the team's beat writers start talking about Rashad White. This is last year, of course, in the short, what ended up being a shortened season. He ended up talking about uh, uh, this other guy that no one's ever heard of, Rashad White. Who, who's Rashad White? Who? Like, what, what is this guy? Like, a lot of people weren't even – he wasn't even on the radar because he wasn't even, like, a top-tier Juco guy, right? He wasn't, like, the number one type player even in uh, by, by Juco standards coming in. Uh, so it, it was a bit of a surprise when uh, it, really the initial depth chart showed that he and Trayton were, like, sharing the starting uh, position for them. Uh, but Rashad White was the more impressive runner. He was the more impressive receiver last last year in limited action. He had, he had over 11 yards 
per touch, which is insane. So analytically speaking, that's something that's of note. Like, I don't think that like he's an outlier of all outliers. when you look, when we look at that kind of efficiency, like Antonio Gibson would be the only other one we could really comp him to that just had that crazy, crazy, unbelievable efficiency on, you know, a, a smaller sample. Um, but, you know, I, I look at receiving yard market share. I mentioned breakaway run percentage. He's high in both. I look at missed tackles forced per rush. I look at missed tackles forced, uh, forced per reception. Uh, pull a lot of those numbers that I have, the uh, Sports Info Solutions and Pro Football Focus, and I cross-reference those to kind of build out any kind of model that I was going to for running backs. Um, but frankly, just just before I actually let you talk again, <laughs> uh, running backs, I just care less exactly about um, – the production than I do at like wide receiver or even tight end or even in my new quarterback model that I built last year. Right. It seems like, yeah, the analytics definitely are a little easier with wide receivers and even some with quarterbacks running backs are, it's tricky. So we'll, we'll go to the tape then because the tape is where he blew me away. So what traits and attributes does white possess do you think will make him successful in the NFL? Well, what's great about Rashad White is that he does so many things well. And I wouldn't say that uh, he's like this elite, unstoppable athlete that, you know, we we all saw Saquon Barkley be and whatever, you know, what we still see Christian McCaffrey be when he's actually healthy for the four weeks of the year. What he does with his athleticism, and it's good enough. It's good enough to be a pro running back, uh, but he can make you miss uh, like crazy. So, I mean, like whether it's behind the line because his offensive line is suspect or it, it's out in space along the sidelines, uh, he'll hurdle you if he has to. He'll stop on a dime if he has to. He has uh, a really solid just kind of plant burst to him, like on that first, like, it, I don't know, just like a little dead leg or just a slight hesitation. And then he bursts off of his in- inside foot and gets to the outside. Like it's just little subtle things that even like old school, like, before David Johnson turned into a zombie or whatever, like little things that he was really good at back in the day. Um, just subtle techniques to destroy angles, subtle techniques to just move in a way that a 6'2", 210 guy probably shouldn't be able to and make it look like he's actually a 5'10", 200 type back, you know? Like, so uh, just, there are just so many aspects to his game from a technique standpoint, from uh, a vision standpoint, from – uh, manipulating defend, like defenders, like that's hard to do. Um, not only guys in front of him, but guys at the next level with his body language, with his footwork. Um, and that, that's when you mix in um, incredible skills as far as uh, versatility and how he wins. And you look at his production and he's one of the most productive receiving backs in the nation. He's one of the most efficient uh, backs in terms of enforcing missed tackles. Like, Every kind of statistical measure there is backing up what we see on tape. And I'm thinking, how in the world is this guy not everybody's like favorite running back this year? Like, seriously, like he's he's the easiest. If you actually stayed up late enough to watch him play again, no, and most people don't because it's his game starts at like 930 p.m. on a Thursday. Uh, that, that's the because the Pac-12 doesn't know how to schedule games. Um and so I don't think anybody watches him play. Uh, so because uh, he should be right up there, like alongside Kenneth Walker, Kyron Williams, for sure. Um, I think if, once you get into the Isaiah Spiller and uh, Brees Hall tier, he's probably not there, but uh, he's very close. 
You didn't even mention his contact balance, which I think is is, is ridiculous. It is. Like, it is fantastic. Like he is, and the bag of tricks is is what you what I what I've noticed too. You know the different moves, it, yeah. spin moves, the, versatility, stiff arms. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Absolutely. he uses them all in the same run. Like yeah, he just he's very elusive. You know some of the knocks I've seen. We'll, we'll get into that. Like what what do you think could stop him? I mean I know he's what going to be twenty four come draft time. I mean he, he's an older guy. I, I I haven't been able to nail down an exact date, but I've heard twenty four several times. I, I think that I don't so. think he's going to be twenty four, but he's going to be an older back. Um, so. so yeah, I, I've got to figure that out. Like it's funny, like we don't even get the date of birth like <laughs> until like the last second on some of these guys. Um, right. But but yeah, with Rashad White, uh, with running backs, yes, maybe I guess from a shelf life standpoint. And uh, at Rotoviz, we love. 21-year-old rookies that check every physical box and have perfect production profiles. But those kind of players are rather rare. And in any class of uh, certainly imperfect running back prospects with incomplete production profiles and incomplete uh, or lackluster maybe size or athleticism, or maybe they have receiving uh, profile questions. Like there's a like there's just no perfect back this year outside of maybe Brees Hall. And even he's probably not going to get first round draft capital. So um, in a class that looks like that, I'm much less concerned about that because if uh, what I am concerned about is him getting early enough capital that leads me to believe he's going to get a decent shot at workload. But if he's inside the top 100-ish picks, I think he's going to get a, a real shot because uh, the state of the NFL and some of the starting running backs around this league, uh, it's it's a joke. Like there are some absolute gaps, just open jobs and and jobs that are filled by guys that shouldn't even have NFL jobs right now. So there's going to be some opportunity uh, for Rashad White. And so I'm not really concerned about his age at all. Yeah, the only the only things that I see consistently knocked is that he's that he does run upright, but I, I don't feel like it hinders his game as much. You know, I mean, he, it's not like he runs upright and then gets hit by the first guy and falls over like a tree. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a ton of power, but he's got enough power and balance to where he can still bounce off people and he uses his angles really well to kind of counter the fact that he is an upright runner. Yeah, so that's, you know, I, I'm not, yeah, that doesn't get me as much, you know? So no. I love him a lot. I think he's going to be amazing in the NFL. So yeah. but the draft draft capital, Oof. that's going to be big. And, and I'm, and more and more, we might just see running backs slide. I mean, I think the NFL is kind of catching on like, Oh yeah, we can, we can probably replace these, these guys. Like that's just like it, when it just look at the draft capital invested in the last couple of years and trends in the last, over the last 10 years in terms of number of overall running backs going in the early rounds uh, in the beginning of the early rounds, especially. So um, yeah, I think we're going to be, have to kind of going to be, have to, I can't talk going to have to be okay with guys going in like pick 60, 70, 80 and beyond. And uh, just understanding that the opportunity uh, wherever they land, if they're competing with a Michael Carter or they're competing with somebody else uh, of even lesser ability, that I'm not really that worried. Um, and I, I will take a gamble on those guys. Right, because this could very well be a class where we don't even see a running back drafted till halfway through the second round. I mean, yeah, honestly. and it, man, it, uh, you, you yeah. were playing Dynasty um, in, tw- in tw- I guess, 2014, right? Maybe? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so this feels exactly like that class. Uh, there was uh, that was like the Blake Bortles year, 
There was no, there was, there was no like surefire bet at the quarterback position. There were, there were several guys that kind of could sneak up there, but we didn't really know. Um, and the NFL wasn't actually going insane and reaching for absolute trash in, in round one at, at that position just yet. Um, and we saw like no running backs go in round one. We saw an absolute ridiculous uh, stacked group of wide receivers, like probably the best of all time. Uh, and this group, Again, this year is like there's probably seven or eight or even nine really good wide receivers in this class that could stick in the NFL for a very long time. And again, there was maybe one or two tight ends. It, it feels identical to that year. And so I'm thinking we probably see Brees Hall. We probably see Isaiah Spiller. We probably see one of uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, you know, maybe Kyron Williams, you know, somebody else sneak up in there. And then after that, all bets are off at that position. Like we might not see somebody for a little bit. And so um, that's that's my biggest worry with anybody outside of the big three, which it seems to be a consensus right now, uh, not only among real draft talking heads, but also uh, just fantasy Twitter. <laughs> like it's 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 <laughs> Brees Hall, it's Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker, just based off what they did this year against the competition that they did it against in primetime and big, big games, you know, whatever – anecdotal nonsense that leads us to believe it's, it's just those three and nobody else. There's going to be somebody else that steps up. And my bet would be on somebody like Rashad White. And you, you mentioned his upright running. I think a lot of times tall running backs just get labeled as upright guys because they're just actually taller than like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire who looks like he's bent over because he is literally he's four foot nothing, eight. you know? And so – it's just a little bit different. Yeah, like when, it's possible, yeah. <laughs> seriously, like, I remember like the same thing, uh, what uh, people – and Latavius Murray actually does run upright, but I, like, he was a big one that even when he was in pros, even when it, like even amidst his, some of his success, people were like, I don't know how he doesn't like, just topple over. He's this giant, and he runs upright. Like, what's going on? And I remember like even um, an actual better uh, fantasy Bible name, Arian Foster, like he got knocked for that same thing. Um, right. But he just had – so many ways that he could beat you. Like he just had that smooth glide to his step and just a little subtle movement and he's gone. And I see that kind of play uh, from Rashad White. Great. As far as the NFL mock database, it's all over the place. I mean, he's projected. Everybody seems the, the consensus is fifth round. There was one guy back in, in uh, whatever the 12th month is, December. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Leave me alone. I work at home. My mind's mush. Uh, draft countdowns. Brian Bessarge actually put him at 32 to the, the Cardinals, which is kind of, but that's like the only time I've ever seen him anywhere, come anywhere near the first round. So, yeah. Um, is there a team that you could see that would he would really fit on that would be a great, like, it would just be perfect? Man, a lot of the openings are not really on good teams. <laughs> right. Um, but honestly, uh, I can't remember the contract situation exactly of the Buccaneers backfield, but that would actually be a really fun spot for him uh, yeah. to go into. Um, but I'm yeah. pretty sure, yeah, I think Rojo's still around. Or no, is this his fourth year? No, Rojo yeah, he's is out. Rojo and, and sure, Fournette are both. Yeah, they're both gone, him. right? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that, that kind of situation to me, uh, coming surrounded by a fantastic set of wide receivers and uh, the greatest of all time at the quarterback position, that would probably help. Even if he is at age 55, 95 next year, is that what it is? <laughs> 95. I think I'm just going to go with 95 years old. But whatever it is, like on a good roster and a good scheme, 
that uh, has, has found success uh, with multiple running backs. Uh, that'd be a great spot. Any team that takes him in the third round, there you go. We'll, we'll take that. Any team that goes day two on him, that, that's where he'll be successful. So, yeah, that so. would be uh, fantastic. And, and I'm not going to try to overreact. And even if he does go way higher, like even if for some reason um, he gets hyped up and he kills the combine and he uh, ends up getting capital like higher than even like a Brees Hall, which I don't think is going to happen. As much as I do love him, I still wouldn't like flip him ahead of like my top couple options. Yeah, I think he's one I'm, I'm targeting in mocks that I've done so far around around the mid second for rookie drafts. I think that's kind of where his, yeah, that's probably his sweet I mean, spot is going to be. Yeah, and, and that's that's fantastic because every single year there's a value to be had in that range. Um, and I mentioned guys like well, even like old. Uh, not bad version of David Johnson. Like that's where he went in his rookie drafts. Yep. And, and uh, that's who I would probably comp him to. And like his opportunity, David Johnson, another old guy. And he came from like FCS, man. Like he had so many questions, but he had, he was just so gifted as a receiver. He was so gifted at literally everything and anything that it, it didn't matter. He just hit the ground running. Right. All right, Travis, if anybody doesn't know, tell them where they can find you on Twitter and what you're up to these days. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, you can find uh, all my written work at rotoviz.com and solidverbal.com, actually. Uh, the Solid Verbal podcast, uh, they are a college football podcast, but they have several different websites now. They're continuing to grow. They have a massive uh, group of uh, people on, on the Discord. Like Their community is seriously tens of thousands of people uh, that just uh, love college football. And so, I know a lot of what we're talking about here, like we're talking about NFL projections, but if you like college players, you like college analysis, I do a stats heavy piece for them every single week throughout the season. Uh, and they've decided to keep me on and uh, generate a lot of uh, off season content as well, looking ahead to next season. Uh, but Rotoviz, that's where you can find my, all, all my analytics, my quarterback models, my uh, wide receiver pr- pr- production index uh information and all, all this other stuff. And plus Rotoviz just has a billion other tools that are way better than the stuff I make, but you know, so just check out rotoviz.com, uh, my stuff there and solid verbal. And of course uh, the college to Canton podcast uh, with uh, Stefan Co. and uh, Matt Wispay joins us every once in a while, just to yell at us about how good Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigma are. Uh, so if you, if you like, uh, you know, stories about, you know, the journey of the best football players from, recruit to college to the NFL to the Hall of Fame uh, that's all all about really that's what that show's about and we talk about yeah you know through through a fantasy football lens but uh right. have a good time just uh talking about our favorite players excellent you can find me on twitter at ff people's champ so you can find my work on campus to canton and dynasty nerds and you can find this podcast on twitter at daily draft rp RT. Got to make sure I get that right. And thank you all for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.